Almighty God, we thank you so much. We are so thankful for this season where you sent your one and only Son, Jesus Christ, to save us from our sins. And Lord, I pray that in this season, we would be inspired to go and tell. To go and tell others of the good news, the great news, the great joy and peace that comes at the birth of your Son, Jesus Christ. So Lord, I pray today that this would be a wonderful day to celebrate your birth, but also it would be a day where you could help us to understand and see how it is that we're to impact others' lives for your name. So Lord, again, we thank you and we praise you and we lift all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I remember that day pretty good. It was a day to remember, I tell you what. Because it was a busy week. I mean, the entire town kind of smelled different. You know, when, when everybody comes into town and, and, and the whole city changes a little bit, you can, you can see more people around, and because there are more people, it, it doesn't smell all that good. And so it was, it was a busy time, and, and as a guy who has a little hotel, you know, I was really busy. I mean, keeping the rooms clean and getting people in and out, it was, it was a rush. And then that afternoon, this really cute young couple come into my hotel, and they said, hey, you got a, a room for us? And I looked down, I happened to notice that the, the, the young lady was, was with child, if you know what I mean. And she was really with child. I mean, she looked like she's going to pop any day now. And so I kind of felt bad because my hotel was booked. And let's be honest, this time in the season, every hotel in town was booked. So I didn't know what to do. And so I looked down and said, fella, I, I, I ain't got a room for you. But I know a guy. I know a guy that's got a stable. Uh, it's, it's a nice stable. Maybe, maybe he'd let you stay there. And so I took him over to, to Caleb's house and, and asked Caleb if, if he'd mind if this young couple stayed back out in the pen. And he said, yeah, it'd be all right. So we got him back there and we laid out some blankets for him, hoping it'd be nice. Luckily, the weather was really pretty that week. But we got him in. I went back to my hotel and checked on things, and I kind of felt bad about the young lady, so I went back. And by the time I got back, guess what had happened? She'd had a baby, and it was a boy. Oh, I don't know if I'm supposed to tell you all that, but y'all keep it quiet. It was a boy, and I was excited. And there was, there was something different about this boy. He wasn't like, like normal babies. I've been around a lot of youngins, and, and this, this youngin was he was different. He was a happy baby. He, he, was, he was smiling at one day old. And he, I, just, I just felt so joyful being around that little youngin. It was really neat, you know? And so I was standing there with this little baby watching him. And his mama had wrapped him up real tight. You know how you swaddle those little babies and you keep them tightened up and the, the baby stays calm because that's she, she wrapped him up and, and, and me and Caleb had, had taken the manger, the, you know, what the, the horses and the donkeys ate out of and we'd cleaned it real good and we'd laid some straw and a blanket down. She, she laid that little baby down in there. We asked her, so ma'am, what's, what's the baby's name? And she said, Jesus. 
We thought, what's a nice name for a good Hebrew boy? And so we kind of hung out for a little bit. And then the weirdest thing happened. These shepherds, you know, they've been out in the fields for weeks. And you think the town smelled a little funny. Those shepherds, they needed a bath. But they come up. And they start talking to this young couple about what they had just seen. And I lost track because they were talking so fast I couldn't keep up with them. But I heard some stuff about some angels and something about a Savior. That's all I caught. And then, wouldn't you know it, they just broke out in worship. And we had ourselves a little church service right there, right in that stable. And it was the best time I think I've ever had in my life. It was wonderful. Dad Gummit, I just had the greatest time. You know, I'll be honest with you. I don't know that I've ever felt closer to God than the night that I had that experience. I'll tell you what, I didn't understand it. It kind of went over my head, I'll be honest. But I felt so close to my Lord that night. Just sitting there worshiping with a little baby sitting there. And them shepherds just singing at the top of their lungs. I felt so close to God. Kind of a unique story, isn't it? Obviously, that's not the Bible story. I mean, we don't know the story of the innkeeper. We have a one little snippet in the book of Luke that says there was no room at the inn. And so we don't know whether the innkeeper was actually there and was present, but we do know that there was something unique about that day, wasn't there? There was a lot of fanfare at the birth of Jesus. And so let's take a look at some of this this morning. I want you to take your Bibles, and I want you to turn to the book of Luke, chapter 2. Book of Luke, chapter 2. Now Luke is in your New Testament, uh, so it's the back, like, one quarter, one third of the Bible, you're going to come across four names. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You're going to look for those names. Luke chapter 2. Now, as you're turning there, let's think about this for just a second. Is there any point in history that we can remember where there was more fanfare and more excitement about one single incident than this one right here? I mean, think about it for a second. Last week, we talked about how Mary had received an announcement from an angel while she was hanging out in her house to tell her that she was going to give birth to the Savior of the world. And then we find out that they go to a different city. We're going to read about that this morning. They go to a different city. And at that city, she has baby Jesus. She gives birth. And a group of shepherds experience something that is spectacular. Again, we're going to read about this this morning here in just a moment. And then, if you keep reading, you're going to find that there are multiple incidents in the first few days of Jesus' life where God makes it clear that there is something different and unique about this child. And then, of course, fast forward to Anywhere between, you know, a year and two years after his birth, we find out that a group called the Magi come and visit him and give him gifts. And the fact of the matter is, is there's no single person, there's no single uh, incident in all of history that God gives more attention to 
than the birth of his son. We're going to talk about that a little bit. So Luke chapter 2, we're going to start in verse 1. Luke chapter 2, verse 1, it says, In those days Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken at the, in the entire Roman Empire. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was the governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David. Because he went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. Verse 6. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. Isn't that beautiful? We're going to keep reading, so keep your finger there. But I want to think about this for just a second. How hard must this have been for Joseph and Mary? It was not an easy travel to go from the northern part of Israel, where they were living in Nazareth, all the way down through Samaria to uh, Bethlehem. Now, Bethlehem nowadays is a suburb of Jerusalem. And I visited Bethlehem, and it's a, it's a beautiful area, but it's right next to Jerusalem. So in this day and time, uh, when, when Joseph and Mary traveled there, you would have gone through Jerusalem through the city and then traveled another mile or so uh, in countryside to get to Bethlehem. And so they have traveled, they have taken this very long trek to get there. Now, now why is it important that they went to Bethlehem? Back in this day and time, people were looking for a Messiah. But there was a lot of confusion about the prophecies about the Messiah because prophecies said both that he would be called a Nazarene, that he'd be from Nazareth, but it also said in Micah chapter 5 that he would be born in the town of Bethlehem. And so there was a lot of confusion amongst the religious leaders of that time. Well, is he going to be in Bethlehem or is he going to be in Nazareth? Which is it? Well, it was both. He was from Nazareth, but he was actually born in Bethlehem. And this all took place to fulfill the prophecy that was spoken 400 years before Jesus' actual birth took place. So, it was all about business, and they had no control over it. God had his hand in that to fulfill that prophecy so people would know that Jesus was the Messiah. So, now let's pick up verse 8. Chapter 2, verse 8, and it says, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people today. In the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth. Peace to those who whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone to heaven, 
the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off, and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told about them, about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. So think about this for a second. Again, as I mentioned last week, I think we read these accounts of Jesus' life, and we've heard them so many times, we lose the amazement of what actually took place. So imagine yourself in the shoes of these shepherds for just a moment. It was probably early evening. They were probably getting ready to eat. And they're sitting probably around a fire, or maybe they've just gathered and they've pulled out some bread, some unleavened bread, and they're just munching and talking and watching their sheep and making sure they're, they're safe. And then all of a sudden, a guy appears. And there's something different about this guy because the Bible tells us that also the glory of God shone all around them. So how would you react if you were in the field, early evening, typical night, and all of a sudden a guy appears and the glory of God shined, shone around you? What do you think your reaction would be? How would you respond in that moment? Well, we know how the shepherds responded. They were scared to death. They were terrified. The Greek word there is they were afraid for their very lives. And so they didn't know how to respond. They were scared. They had never seen something like this before, had they? Can you imagine what that must have been like? I can't even fathom it. I don't think a movie, you know, the movies with all the special effects that they have today could not encapsulate what it must have been like to have been there and experience what they had experienced. So they're sitting there and the angel starts proclaiming things to them. He starts foretelling things. And I want you to catch some of the statements that is spoken to them. First, he says the phrase, good news. Could you use some good news today? I think we could all use good news. But I think some of us in this room could probably use some good news more than others. Right? Uh, and then the angel starts talking about that the news that he brings is going to bring great joy to all peoples. Now let me ask you this. Could you use some great joy I think we could all use joy. Joy is essential, I think, to life. It's something that we all long for, we all look for, we all pursue. So the angel tells the shepherds that he's bringing great good news that will bring great joy. And that great joy and the good news is about the coming Savior. And he says, the coming Savior, the Lord. A baby has been born that is the Savior of the world. 
And then an entire host of angels, a multitude, so many that it filled the sky is what, what I would imagine. And they start singing praise songs to the Lord. And in that song, they talk about glory to God and they talk about peace on earth. Could we use some peace today? I think we could. I think in the world that we live in today, peace is hard to find. In a world where everybody gets offended and people's feelings get hurt, uh, and where depression is at its highest rate of all time, in a season, Christmas, I don't know if you know this, but suicide rates are the highest during Christmas season, generally, uh, according to statistics. I think people today, specifically today and this next week, I think people could use an extra dose of joy and peace, don't you? Where does that joy come from? Where does that peace come from? Well, it comes from Jesus Christ. It comes from what we celebrate in two days from now. It comes from the celebration of the Savior of the world being born. Guys, two days from now, we're going to have the most world-renowned, biggest birthday party on the face of the planet. There's no birthday that's more celebrated than the birth of Jesus Christ. And there's reason for that. This is a time of celebration. This is a time of joy because we have the greatest news that's ever been given in all of history. So, I've got a statement that I want you to remember today. I've got a simple statement, a simple sentence that I want you to walk away from. And I want you to remember this tomorrow and on Tuesday, on Christmas Day. I want you to remember this statement because I think it applies to how we live our lives. Not just Christmas, but all, all day, every day, 365 days out of the year. But I think it especially applies in the next couple of days. And here's that statement. God's promises lead us to an attitude of gratitude. An attitude of gratitude. Think about it for just a moment. Everyone who encountered the good news of the birth of Jesus Christ responded with an attitude of gratitude. So let's back up for a moment. Think about when Mary got the announcement that her, she was with child and the, the child was going to be the Savior of the world. What was her response? She responded with, first off, she said, Lord, I'm your servant. Let it be done as you have said. You know, she completely submitted to God's desire for her life. But if you keep reading about her response, she goes and visits her uh, cousin Elizabeth, and she sings a beautiful song of praise and gratitude to God because of what he's doing. And then fast forward, we see she has the baby, and these shepherds, and I don't think it's a coincidence that it's shepherds, that God sent the angel to go visit. Back in that day and time, shepherds were kind of the, on the lower rungs of the social scale. And these shepherds get visited by this angel. And how did they respond? What was their response? They go and find Jesus and they praise God in gratitude and thankfulness, don't they? An attitude of gratitude. And then if we keep reading, we're going to find that they go and dedicate Jesus at the temple. 
And there's this prophet named Simeon that's at the temple. And he's hanging out. And he has already been given word by God that he is not going to die until he sees the Savior. And he sees baby Jesus. And what does he do? He prophesies gratitude. He proclaims gratitude to everyone around so that they can know that the Savior has been born. And then we read about, just right after that, the very next paragraph, we read about a lady named Anna who was also at the temple. And Anna responds in the same way. She responds with this amazing song of gratitude, this statement of gratitude that's beautiful. And, of course, we know the story of the Magi, the wise men who come and visit Jesus. And their gratitude and the honor that they give to Jesus, this baby, is beautiful. Every person that encounters the birth of Jesus responds in gratitude. Because they know that the birth brings great good news of great joy that brings peace to all men. Isn't that beautiful? In this season, I think we need to remember our gratitude. Because let's be honest, you know, this can be a tough season. Family's coming into town, and for some of us, that's great. For some of us, it's not. Right? For some of you, you're like, if I could just leave my house for the next three days and go somewhere else because my family will be here right? For some of you, gratitude is difficult in this time of year because this time of year is stressful. But in all the stress, in all the food that has to be prepared, in the chaos of Christmas morning as kids are tearing presents and there's a mess everywhere, we remember that we're having an attitude of gratitude because we are celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ, our Savior. And so, good news, great joy, peace to all mankind is only found in one place. It's found in the birth of Jesus Christ. But the fact of the matter is, is that Jesus came, but we have to step into that life-changing hope that Jesus provides for us in order to have that joy, in order to have that peace, in order to receive that good news, Jesus has to be in our lives. We have to believe in Him. We have to believe that He was born of a virgin, that He lived a perfect, sinless life, and that at the end of His life, He was an innocent man, wrongly convicted, hung on a cross so that His blood could save us and cleanse us from our sins. And then on the third day after his death, he rose from the grave and he ascended into heaven and he sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. When we believe that and we live our lives for him, we make him master and Lord of our lives, that's when that unexplainable joy and that peace that surpasses all understanding, according to Philippians 4, that's when we can have those, those promises. Remember, the promises of God bring us an attitude of gratitude. And so for us, in this season, I have a couple of questions. If you're here this morning, and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, you've, you've never stepped into that life-changing hope that Jesus provides, 
Why haven't you? What's stopping you today? Two days from now, we're going to celebrate the birth of the most important person who has ever walked this earth. God himself. God in flesh. Why won't you, why wouldn't you accept Jesus this morning? And and I'll tell you now, if this is something that you're thinking about, if you maybe have questions about what a relationship with Jesus actually looks like, um, at the end of my message, I'm going to pray and, and we're going to stand and sing a song and I'm going to make myself available right here. I'll be standing at this front pew. And I want you, if you have questions about this, I would love the opportunity to talk to you. And so if you've got questions, let me know. But if you are a follower of Jesus, if you're sitting here and you know the life-changing hope of Jesus Christ, and you've experienced that, are you living with an attitude of gratitude? Are you living understanding that you have been saved for your sin, from your sins and you have an eternal promise to be with God the Father in heaven forever? Do you have that attitude of gratitude? And does your life look differently because Jesus is a part of it? And guys, in this stressful season, live out that changed life. To all those around you. There are family members who are going to be with you in the next coming days. Or maybe they're here now. And maybe they need to see that changed life of Jesus inside of you. Because ultimately, go back to the first thing that the angel told the shepherd. It's good news. And that good news is not just for us sitting in these pews. That good news is for all mankind. And in this season especially, we should be spreading that good news like wildfire. We should be making sure that everybody has an opportunity to experience the joy and peace of Christ. It is a time of celebration. Will you join me in prayer? Almighty God, we thank you so much. We thank you for your son. We thank you for his life. But today especially, we thank you for his birth. And we thank you for the fanfare that you gave him. For the special announcements, for the special attention that you gave to the birth of your son, Jesus. And Lord, we pray in this season that we would have an attitude of gratitude. That we would be grateful for what you've provided through your son, Jesus. And we would spread that good news to others. We thank you, Lord. Let this be a time of celebration for the birthday of Jesus Christ. Thank you again. We thank you. We praise you. And we lift all these things in the name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Again, we're going to have a time to respond. Um, If you need to come up, the altar is available. You can come and you can pray uh, and, and spend some time with the Lord this morning. Uh, Or if you've got questions about what it looks like to begin a relationship with Jesus Christ, uh, my name's Pastor Chad. I'll be right here up here uh, at the front on this pew. And I would love the opportunity to talk to you. So let's all stand and let's praise the Lord for this day.